A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to the Champions of Happy podcast, the podcast where I talk to my friends about what makes them happy, what makes them smile and what brings them joy. Hi everyone, I hope you're keeping well. I am currently on holiday editing away this episode very, very quickly. A quick thank you to my boyfriend who's been very, very patient in our hotel room as I edit away. Um, On this episode, I'm joined by the lovely Miss Terry Box, a punk rock goth alternative geeky, amazing, so friendly drag queen you need to go see them they're amazing uh what a lovely chat we all talk about all things halloweeny and gothy and spooky um yes so i'm gonna stop prattling on so you can enjoy the episode and enjoy bye hello and welcome to the podcast miss cherry box hello hi thank you so much for having me tonight 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 it's not tonight today <laughs> <laughs> this might be the earliest recording i've done of a podcast um i know you're very busy and so i appreciate you taking the time to Get up at nine o'clock on Thursday to record and chat. Oh, well, thank stuff you for to me. the time to, to help to, to accommodate me at nine o'clock in the morning. No, I know you've been crazy busy. Um, so, Miss Terry Box, um, is that so? You're a drag queen, for our listeners. Yes. Um, yeah. Is that what we call you? Do we call you Terry? Do we call you Terry, Miss Terry Box? What, what, um, what you, you can call me Terry. You can call me Terry. Um, so, Terry, um, you are so drag queen, Miss Terry Box, are known for your fantastic sexy geeky kind of gothic kind of looks i'm just gonna name a few that i've seen through instagram which are all stunning we've got punk storm from the x-men i've heard powerpuff girls alien from the film alien um winifred from uh the standard sisters focus uh poison ivy which was so hot um <laughs> fifth element uh misty from pokemon and mo- most most recently which i was a bit surprised to see teletubbies uh, that was literally just last night. Um, that <laughs> that was ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, 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 you know, sometimes I'll just get an idea and be like, right, I just need to do something stupid. And the Teletubbies was what came out of that. Um, and I'm not going <laughs> to lie, that was a difficult number to do because I, or to prepare for, because I had to watch a lot of Teletubbies for it. Oh. And, oh, their voices just grate on me so much right now. But, Is that a look you'll do in future? Um, I definitely will do it again in future. I'm gonna elaborate. Uh, I'm gonna, you know, make it more camp, more drag, and um, yeah, definitely gonna do it again and change it up a okay. little bit. And I'm not, you know, I'm waiting for some time for it because I need some distance between myself and the Teletubbies before I can do it again. Um, <laughs> but we'll get there. We'll get there. Nice. So, with how would you define your drag aesthetic? Say, if I've never, I've done, I've walked into a club or there, I've never seen you before. What am I gonna see? Um, kind of difficult to say. Kind of like my name. It's going to be a little bit of a mystery. Um, 
I, I tend to do things that just like randomly pop in my head. Sometimes I'll do something which is like, you know, a little bit more camp. Sometimes I'll try and be sexy. Other times it's just, it's just really stupid. Um, like the Teletubbies. So like, it's really tricky to, to really put like a finger on what my drag aesthetic is. Um, but I tend to lean towards like, if it was just, if it was a, I suppose I just tend to lean towards like sort of like gothy, metally type things. Um, that's where I tend to go. But you know, I, I can't remember the last time I've done one of those looks, so <laughs> so it's, it's hard to say. Are you quite? Are you into your? Um, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this entirely wrong, but your goth metal type music? Yeah. So predominantly, I listen to a lot of heavy metal. I don't know if you can see in the background. I've got Ooh. like. Um, uh, couple there's a bass over there there's a couple of guitars on the other side um that poster is a nine inch nails poster which is one of my favorite bands which is not you know which yet yeah, which i absolutely love um it's not exactly metal but it's like industrial metal so to speak but yeah metal industrial music anything a bit more edgy is what i listen to so like, i used to have an emo phase back in the day but i say emo phase where it was literally i won my chemical romance album and I had a friend. That was about it. And that was about <laughs> emo as I got. I mean, that, that a lot of people went through that phase. I, rec- I mean, I never went fully into the emo phase because I was still more on the heavy side, but I did respect it. <laughs> so, do you, I take you play guitar? Bass. Um, yeah, I started off as a bassist. And then, um, whilst I love the bass, the bass is not as much fun to play solo. So, I picked up the guitar and I've been teaching myself that, which is really good fun. Have you incorporated that into your drag act yet? Not yet, not yet. Um, I'm waiting for the time to do so because obviously I need to have an amp and everything. I'm also not exactly a singer, so I don't really necessarily want to go and play guitar and sing. But eventually, I will try do something like that. Like I'm writing okay. a few songs at the moment, so I can uh, so I can probably take them to the stage at some point. I mean, how's your heavy metal stream? Oh no 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 it's terrible it's terrible I think my singing is just it's you know I can carry a tune but my heavy metal scream it it's it's hard it's so hard on the throat and I'm just not willing to risk it fair fair and you gotta look after that exactly exactly so before we get into any more about you. Um, we always start the show with our happy moment section where our guests will share a memory, story, fact, anything to kick off the podcast in a positive, happy light. So, Terry, can you please tell us your happy moment? Um, I'd probably say my, my happy moment, probably like, um, I've had a lot of happy moments, especially in the last year since starting drag. But I'd probably say one of my happiest moments recently was performing at the Clapham Grand um, last year alongside um crystal method uh something wrong blue hydrangea and charity case this was for a halloween show right about last year and it was just incredible it was at the very start of my drag journey and um i'd been on a show as the xenomorph alien and that got me booked on this show at the clapham grand and it was just incredible like it was super happy granted i was really anxious in the morning because i do get super anxious but that was such, um, like, I don't know, such a really validating moment being able to perform so early on in my career on such an amazing stage along such talented performers. So, yeah, so probably that would be my happy moment. And it's a great venue as well. That costume is absolutely terrifying. Is it? 
parts of it are. I mean, so it's it's literally just a lot of like PVC, um, which which is fine. It's really hot. Like if I'm on a stage of light, that's boiling. Um, yeah. And the headpiece is a paper mache headpiece, which is comfortable, relatively comfortable. It's just a nightmare to stick onto my head. Sometimes it's like feels wobbly. So I'm just like, oh god, what am I doing? <laughs> Trying to make sure it doesn't fall off. It's fallen off during one performance, but yeah, it's it's really it is comfortable. Well, I've had quite an amazing experience like see these um, more known TV uh, drag queens. I mean, are you in touch with? Are you, are you were you close with any of them before the show, or was it more of a team no, by this? Um, I met them by I met them by um, the Clapham Grand Show. I mean, I think I bumped into I, I met Char- I'd worked for Charity Case um, on a show beforehand, like a few weeks beforehand, mm. um, and I think they introduced me to uh, the way they they put me forward for that gig, which was really exciting and really awesome. So I'm really grateful for that. But yeah, so I didn't really know them much before then, and then just got to meet them all on the show night, which was really cool. Ah, so cool! Ah, so I guess with your drag, make all your own. Do you make all your own outfits? Um, I don't make them all. I've got a friend who really helps me out with making my 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 props and my costumes, and um, has taught me a lot on making stuff. So I do adjust a few things. I tend to buy things and adjust them for that. Or just raid charity shops. Charity shops are basically where I get most of my drag because I'm a frugal queen. <laughs> um, so how you say you've only been doing drag a year? Then I hear that right. Um, just over a year now, I suppose. I think I well, I started in lockdown. Um, just doing digital drag was my my intro to drag, and then hit the stage for the first time in September last year. Um, what a journey. It's been one hell of a journey. I've loved every step of the way. It's been stressful. It's been fun. Um, it's been a lot of learning, which is. Do you amazing. think when you started on uh, online, you ever think you'd be performing in real venues? What made you? What made you make start? So I actually did want to start performing before the lockdown happened. I had ideas of performing. I was actually in touch with a couple of producers to be like, "Hey, can I do an open mic on your show?" And then the lockdown happened, so I basically got you know, relegated to my room to, to do drag there. Um, and I'd only really been in drag like a couple times, like once before the lockdown, which is wild to think. Um, and then in lockdown, I was just practicing every, you know, every couple of days, every weekend, I was doing all my thing, um, just filming stuff, taking pictures and learning, learning how to, learning how to do the whole thing really. Like, um, and yeah, I never really expected to be doing it this much. I thought, yeah, I'll just do one show, maybe two, and uh, now it's just been a snowball effect. I did one show. I was like, I love this feeling. It's the best feeling ever. And then it just just snowballed into what it is right now. Did you have any um, drag? Uh, you know, many people who do drag or a drag friend, drag family. Um, before you started, that helped you mm-hmm. out. Uh, or self taught. I suppose you say mostly self taught. Like I had friends who kind of showed me a few things. Like before I'd ever done my makeup, I had my friends doing my makeup for me. Um, but then during lockdown, I ended up just teaching myself how to do things and learning from a lot of people because the online drag community is amazing. Like I've made so many friends within the drag scene just by virtue of the internet. Um, I say internet, just Instagram. Uh, just connected with so many people who give me so many different tips and um, you know guided me throughout the process. And it's really, it's really been helpful. Um, so yeah, I couldn't have done it without the support and love from the community. So I actually came across you first 
via a online show. So our friends from the Once Upon a Screen podcast, Ben and Mikey, they had was it their birthday or anniversary. I think it was an anniversary podcast because I remember that. I remember exactly where I was doing a Maleficent lip yes. sync. Um, and I remember you from that as well because you created this amazing video package for them to congratulate them on their anniversary, which was so sweet to see. Oh, yeah, that was that was tough to like find people by Instagram who don't follow you. Uh, but um, yeah, yeah, that's when I first came across you. And I remember you were wearing really large heels. <laughs> I, I, think, I think you were wearing really like, large heels. Um, yeah. And your Maleficent getup and horns. That must be so challenging for do via webcam and Zoom. Like, how, how did you... Do you enjoy doing things on Zoom? Um, I So I did enjoy doing things by Zoom. I think it was really useful to me because I'd never done things in front of, like, crowds of people at that stage. And so being able to sit and have, like, a live audience that wasn't like right in front of me helped with my sort of like performance anxiety so I was like hey you're on a screen it's fine um but even still like it was it was it was amazing to be able to just perform for people and be wanted like people want me to perform on a on a live show it was such a fun experience and um I don't know why I was wearing heels when I was on zoom and you didn't really see everything (laughs) for most of the number I could have been a bit more because it's drag god damn it that's why exactly I'm gonna go fourth belt (laughs) So I've never done a podcast with anyone in real life yet. Every, every podcast I've done has been via online. Um, Did like you start the podcast during lockdown? Did you start before then? Uh, no, I, it was my creative um, project within lockdown. That gave oh, me a little awesome. bit of to keep going. So I, I don't know what I'd actually be like if I was trying to do a podcast. Person. I think I'd be like, uh, grown. <laughs> I quite like the safety of being behind my computer in my yep. PJ bottoms. Like that. Exactly, um, you can see what you're wearing, it's great. <laughs> oh yeah, I've, I've done some podcasts where I've, ugh, I mean, I've got bad hair now, you should see some I've done in the past. <laughs> um, so, where did your name come from, Larry Box? Um, is this so also a really I... boring question? Do you get this asked a lot? I get this asked a fair amount, but it's actually quite a fun, I mean, for me it's quite a fun story. But it's actually maybe just, I preface it by saying it's a fun story. It might be really shit. Um, <laughs> I uh, I was with some friends and we we were there was a birthday party, and we had this mystery box which had a mystery surprise item inside, and we basically were singing a song about this mystery box, and I slowed it down and I was like, oh, mystery box sounds a bit like Miss Terry Box. Cool, that's a drag name and a half. I'm taking it. And uh, yeah, and that's that's the story of my drag name. But it's still uh. funny because I know a lot of people who I've known from the beginning of my journey as well still don't get the... Like, only messaged me recently to tell me that they've got the pun in uh. my name. Um, and it's always fun to go to shows and have a, you know, a host call out my name. And I know instantly that they haven't got it when they just call me Terry Box. If they drop the miss, then I'm like, yep, you ain't got it. You don't know yeah. what you're saying. But, <laughs> but it's all fun. It's all fun. What was your first, um, the, after lockdown then, um, mm-hmm. when we could safely perform? Where was your first live gig? My first live gig was actually in Birmingham oh. at a pub called The Fox. Is it The Fox? Yeah, it was The Fox. Um, up in Birmingham. It was a group of performers that I met online during my first ever drag show. It was a drag competition. And they were all, you know, they basically invited me and another performer from the same show as special guests for this show, which was very superhero and 
geeky themed. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so I did a couple numbers there. And, like, it was so nerve-wracking getting on the stage for the first time in drag and doing that whole thing. But it was it was amazing. Like, I'll, for, like, I'll forever love Birmingham, the Birmingham scene. Like, I go back, I've been back a few times to perform because I just love it. It's so good. Um, and the people there are just amazing. Was it, were you nervous? Oh, God, so nervous. So, so <laughs> nervous. Like, I was, uh, before my first number, I was like, oh, my God, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Got on stage, did my first number, and was like, oh, that was fun. Got off and did a second number. Um, and, like, after that, I was just on cloud nine. It was just, like, the best experience ever. Super happy. Um, been drinking a fair amount, so I was extra happy as well. So it was just, like, such a great night altogether. <laughs> and, yeah, Do you remember that, what you did? I remember, I'll never forget what I did there. So the first number I did my, my Punk Storm look, and I did It's Raining Man. Like, what a cliche first drag song to do. But genius uh, <laughs> for a Punk Storm to do. So. True, true, true. Um, and then the second number I did was a uh, Sweet Dreams um, mashup as him from the Powerpuff Girls. Um, which is one of my favourite looks to wear because I just love him so much, and it's just fun to just wear a pink tutu and my heels so yeah so those two numbers and um i had such a good time with them uh, when you start when you first started wearing heels uh that or were you quite a natural i would like to say, okay so i could walk in them but i look uh-huh. i walk like john wayne <laughs> um so i was comfortable i could move i could kick and all sorts of things but i walk like john wayne um I feel like my walk has changed significantly since then. Um, but I was always able to move in them. Never, I mean, yeah, so I couldn't run back then, but now I can, now I'm super comfortable. I can do pretty much anything. I still walk a little like John Wayne, especially when I get tired, <laughs> but, but it's not as, it's not as bad. I mean, John Wayne had a very sexy walk. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. We'll, we'll say that. We'll say that. <laughs> What what fueled you in the first place to want to drag? Because drag is a very particular art form, a lot of work that goes in. What made you, what, when did the light bulb go ding and like, I'm going to do this? Well, I suppose I've always kind of been drawn to to, um, to drag, even though I didn't know it was drag uh, at the time. Like as a kid, I always used to sort of wear heels, wigs, and, you know, like to wear, um, you know, my female friend's clothing and you know, my mom's clothing. And so I used to do that quite young. And then as time went on, I think uni, you know, occasionally do it, but like not with any makeup, or just wear. Or, or if I did wear makeup, it was like really bad. Um, <laughs> and then I discovering drag on tele on TV, kind of made me think, oh, okay, this looks really fun. Never really thought I'd do it. And then you know, after watching it a lot, I was like, oh, maybe I will try it, but I don't want to shave my beard. And then when I moved to London and started seeing like drag in the London scene and seeing that drag was more than what you just saw on TV and um, anyone could do drag, I was like, okay, I love this. Um, One day I'll try it. Let's see how it goes. And then, um, you know, then obviously turned up. I was like, okay, fine, let's just do it. There was a night after seeing like um, a drag, actually, I think it was after a boy box um, event at the Glory and boy box is a drag king show. Um, run by Apple Derriers and um, Adam Orr, and it's incredible. So they platform kings and things, and they're just so damn talented. I saw it a night there, and I was like, 
I need, I want to try this. I want to do this. And I want to express myself in drag. And, um, and that was, that was the, the light bulb moment that said, yep, yeah, you're doing this. And um, so you, you performed at Glory before. Yeah, I performed at the Glory. I'm actually performing at the Glory at the moment. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry. I'm actually performing at the Glory at the moment um, on a weekly competition called the Gold Rush. We just had week three and I made it through. Um, I don't know when this podcast is airing, but uh, but yeah, I made it through week three um, after being eliminated in week one and being called back for week two. Um, um, but yeah, so next week is Halloween week and I'm super excited. So I'm going to be performing there. I'm also performing at the Glory on Wednesday. Um, yeah, I perform at the Glory quite a fair amount. Like um, nice. it's one of my usual haunts. Well, I see you perform upstairs or downstairs. Downstairs is quite small. Yeah, but you know, I'm lucky. I'm quite a short queen. I don't know if you. I think you've seen me. Like you've seen. No, 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 no. And I have seen you live. Yeah. Heels make it look like I am tall as fuck, but no, I am not. I'm. It's shattered. Like every time I meet people, I'm like they're always like, "Oh, you're shorter than I imagined." I met Ben uh, from Once Upon a Screen the other day um, because we were at a show together, Disney Snatch Game, and I was surprised at how tall he was. Yes. Oh, he's just a giant, and there's me in my heels, still like down to his elbow, and I was just like, "Oh, <laughs> oh wow, this is this is something." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was at that Snatch Game uh, when you did um, Winifred. Um, how how was so Snatch uh, Disney Snatch Game? I think we spoke about this in the podcast before, but um, Disney Snatch Game is essentially our friend Rich. Um, he's a host. He does a Disney version of the Snatch Game, um, allegedly, um, and. Uh, Contestants dress up in various Disney costumes and then lip sync and do the comedy snatch game. How did you find it? I imagine it's a quite a hard game, challenge snatch game. Oh, it's hard. It's really, <laughs> really fucking hard. Especially because I'm not usually someone who does anything on the mic. Like, I never do mic work. Like, that was my first time doing anything on a mic. And um, I decided to, to go for it because I wanted to push myself and try some mic work and try and see if I can... Uh, you know, use some comedy on the mic, on the go. And that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> well, you're amazing. It was and your lip sync to um, um, uh, Todrick Hall's mashup was incredible as well. Thank you. I mean, that that was, you know, I was happy to do the lip sync. That part was fine. And then I got to the, you know, the actual Snatch game and I was like, oh, I can now, I now see how hard this is. This ain't just easy. <laughs> Like it was, but it was really good fun, and being on a panel with other contestants who were just like laugh out loud funny was 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 great. Um, again, part of the reason why I love doing drag is because I get to see so many other drag performers doing their thing alongside, and I just feel like, hey, I'm getting paid to perform and watch a show, and it's just amazing. Win win, everyone. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so you obviously. Um... How do I put this nicely? You're a bit of a nerd, a bit of a geek. Oh, is yeah, you say? very much, very much so. Uh, so growing up, what were the kind of shows and cartoons and movies you would watch that, that I think have shaped the man you are today? Um, I would probably say, oh, God. I mean, in terms of cartoons, it was like anything that was on Nickelodeon, you know, all those kind of things. But, you know, a lot of um, Marvel. I used to read a lot of Marvel comics. I used to watch a lot of, uh, Marvel shows, especially, you know, the the amazing the amazing Spider-Man back on. Nice. Um, I remember what channel it was on, but the amazing Spider-Man, the X-Men, 
um, the Mortal Kombat car- cartoon. But mostly my, my nerd comes from video games. I'm a massive video game nerd. Yeah. So um, pretty much any game I could play, get my hands on, I used to play the shit out of. Um, but in terms of movies, The Fifth Element is probably one of my favorite sci-fi movies. Um, yeah, like any, like literally anything that I could, get, you know, that had some sort of sci-fi element to it or some sort of supernatural element, I was super drawn to. Um, and in fact, like yeah, like if you look at my like my desk, I've got like a little bobblehead of Deadpool, Lilu from The Fifth Element. On the other side, I've got like actually, let's put it this way: I tend to collect little bobbleheads of different what well, a bobbleheads that i love but also anything that i've done a drag performance inspired by i'll have a little bobblehead to sort of like commemorate that so like i've got him oh. ripley from alien the alien itself um and a few others just scattered about to just be like hey i've done this i've done this it's also to remind me of what i've done because sometimes i'll forget oh shit yeah i have done this number um so yeah so that that's basically how it um my nerddom there um geekdom like everything like video games even to this very day i don't oh yeah pokemon jesus christ i'm obsessed with i was obsessed with pokemon um and little known fact i was before lockdown happened i was gearing up to to play pokemon in the world championships i'm sorry what what does that mean please tell me more about that what okay so (laughs) So there's a Pokemon World Championship, and it's basically people play the game, you take the game, um, you have your Pokemon, your team of Pokemon, and you compete against other people um, around the world, and the World Championships are going to be in London this year. Um, so I was like, right, it's in London, I'm going to do this. But in order to compete in the World Championships, you have to go and com- you know collect championship points by doing a lot of regional tournaments and collecting points there. And with the new game, how is this the thing? And I don't know. This is the thing. What? Oh, it's why is it's, this not on TV? It's on Twitch, definitely on Twitch. So if you want to get uh, get on it, get on Twitch. Um, but it's also like the most challenging. Like I thought it was going to be easy, but no, it's so it's so long. It's so tra- so challenging, but it's such a fun, um, such a fun little thing to do. But there's so much into it, like so much goes into it. Like, you know, there's not only do you have to just find your Pokemon, you've also got to stat breed your Pokemon. I could go into I could go into it, but I think I'll hold back because I might lose a few people here. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's um, it's very detailed. The game is so strategic um, and it's more than just catching the Pokemon you want and training it to level 50 or whatever, whatever or 100. There's so much like meta data that you have to fix and make sure that your Pokemon are bred to the right ability. It's really fucking weird. It's like eugenics for Pokemon. It's disgusting, but at the same time it makes you, <laughs> you know, do the thing. Like, you've got to make sure they have the right stats in the right places, depending on the type of Pokemon you have. Um, the right item types and then or the right natures. So many little hidden details in the game that, um, that can make or break your team. Um, so yeah, so I was training for the World Championships back before lockdown happened. And it was great. Um, I was doing pretty well, but then lockdown happened, and I had to cancel my trip to Germany to compete there. And, you could have uh, gone to Germany to do it. Yeah, I had everything booked. We we were ready to go. Um, with a little team of us who'd been working together, getting our teams perfect so we could like synergize and get you know all get to the world championships together. But yeah, we 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 both basically I've, I've quit now. I haven't picked Pokemon up properly since um, we had to pull out of that. So I've got to ask them, if Pokemon was real in the real world and you could mm. only have one Pokemon, which Pokemon would it be? 
Oh, see, this is t- this is tough now. Like, do I want to Pokemon practicality? There's so many. Um, I would probably, I'd probably go with a Garchomp. You see, I think that's one of the newer ones, isn't? It? Is that one of the? New it is ones? one of the new ones. Okay, let me go. Let me go to the back onto the old. Oh no, no I can case. Google it. Let, I can. Make, what was it called? A Garchomp. See, I do play Pokemon, but I don't really... Oh, okay, no, I do know this one. That is a cool one. Yes. Um, Are you playing Pokemon Unite on the Switch? I am playing Pokemon Unite, and I suck at it. Because I took a break. You know, when I first started, I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm doing great, I'm doing really good. And I took a long break, and I'm coming back to it, and I need to learn the game again, because there's so many, like, again... People take advantage of all the little hidden tricks and stat boosts that people, that Pokemon have, or characters have, and learning the map properly and all the little timing things and I'm just it's it's a lot to learn and I can't be bothered to learn it again but if, it is a really fun game if you were a gym leader what mm-hmm. um, element theme would be your gym oh oh see I'd probably go with fire fire but I'd also go with like rock type either those two like yeah probably fire actually let's go with fire type <laughs> Okay, so if I, I assume then, if I were to offer you Bulbasaur, Charmander, or Squirtle, oh, Charmander, Charmander for, for sure. Like, um, it, it, my order is always Charmander and then Bulbasaur. Sorry, not Bulbasaur, Squirtle, Bulbasaur. I, I just no. If I was off for that, I'd just leave it. Oh, I love Bulbasaur. I, I, I Bulbasaur is cute, Bulbasaur. but like, no, I can't. I can't deal with grass type <laughs> Pokemon. Mm. They just. <sighs> I don't know what it is, actually, although more recently I've kind of maybe changed my mind on it. But, like, as whenever I played the games in the past, I'd never, never choose Bulbasaur. Never. I'd only collect it if I could put it in my Pokedex and then just be like, okay, thanks, bye, trade it. Oh. That's quite a cruel just, world Pokemon, really, isn't it? It really, it really is. Oh, I can never do that to a pet. No. no imagine, like, getting your dogs and cats to fight each other and then... <laughs> Trading be like, them. No, just trading them and be like, okay, now you go for that one. But no. My last really Pokemon-related cool. question then, and what did you think of uh, Ryan Reynolds' Pikachu movie? Sure. I loved it. I was expecting it to be horrible because video game movies are never great, but goodness, that was just... That, that was much better than I expected. It was a bit of nightmare fuel because I was never expecting to see a, like, a real-life Mr. Mime or a Jigglypuff with fur on it. That was weird. But at the same time, they would have fur. They are like animals at the end of the day. So it was a bit of a weird head fuck to see these characters or these uh, Pokemon looking so realistic. Uh, but yeah, I really enjoyed the movie and I, I don't think Ryan Reynolds can do any wrong. So I, I, was, I was there for it. Speaking of uh, Ryan Reynolds and movies and video games, have you seen his new film, Free Guy? Not yet, not yet. I am surprised that I've not rushed to watch that as soon as it came out. Um, it's been too busy. Um, but yeah, Free Guy's on my list of things to watch. I don't know if it's going to be any good. I've not read anything about it, but again, I love Ryan Reynolds, so like, I'm probably going to enjoy it regardless. Okay, well, I'm going to this for you, then I have seen it. It is good. I think you will enjoy it. Um, excellent, excellent. Say on it. I don't want to hype up too it. much. Let's see if I can watch it tonight. Yeah, it's now on Disney Plus, so perfect. The, the token. Um, so totally sidetracked from what we were meant <laughs> to be talking about. Um, so I wanted to ask. So I know you've, you know you're a regular at the Glory. Generally, where mm-hmm. else do you tend to perform? 
So I tend to perform at a few places around London. The Glory is one of my regulars as well as Colours Hoxton. I do a lot of shows there. Um, now it's hard to think of where I've performed in London. Uh, I think those two are probably the most I've performed at. I've performed at a few other places, like the Matchstick Pie House ones. Um, performing at Freedom in Soho at the moment, because I'm in a competition, another competition called The Crown. Um, I think those are, those are probably my main ones, I'd say, at the moment. Um, but, like, look, I'll, I'll perform anywhere, really. <laughs> like, just give me a time. Excuse me. Give me a time, give me a place, I'll be there. So when you're a, a newbie on the drag scene, are competitions kind of the way into the scene? Is that how it yeah, um, I think competitions are really good in drag, be it digital or even be it in person, because it gets you, A, exposure to other artists, other performers, um, your peers, um, but also you get feedback from from judges who are usually established people in the scene, and not only do they give you feedback, but they also see you so that if they like what you do, you're likely to get booked. And even audience members, you never know who's in the audience, whether it's a producer, they'll recognize you or they'll talk about you. And um, and that can get you seen in more places than just one. Obviously, um, I say obviously, why did I say obviously? I say that word a lot. Um, <laughs> but no, so yeah, so doing competitions does that a lot. Um, and regardless of whether you, you do really well in a competition or you do, like, you know, whether you place highly in a competition or not, the fact that you've gone there and people are seeing you, it's also um, it's also a gig, right? Any gig you can do is a good opportunity to be able to be seen. And a lot of people don't really take a chance on newer performers who just to go on a show, unless it's an open mic slot, in which case that is also another way to sort of get seen. Like I say, open mic slots, competitions, um, anything that you can do, I mean, it's usually unpaid but it's a great great way to get people to see you and learn who you are and get to know you and I think a competition um, is better for that than an open mic because you get different challenges put to you and you have to really express yourself in different ways and it's much easier to do that when you've got a creative brief and you've got to interpret it your way that's a really good way of being like right this is how I do drag this is what I do with my drag and um, that's how people see you there so I'd probably say that. That's probably why competitions are great for it. But that being said, I, I can't believe I'm doing two at the same time. It's so it's it's, it's, it's stressful, um, but it's fun. But it is all really fun. So you're doing Gold Rush, and what's the other one you're doing? Um, the Crown. The Crown. Yeah. So um, so yeah, they're both really good competitions. Both really fun. Um, ones in Glory and ones at Freedom Soho. Um, very different style of competition. But but they're both equally fun. The cast on both is really great, um, and I know I'm making lifelong friends in both of them. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Speaking of competitions, um, I, I saw from your Instagram that you are drag winner of um, Drag Carb 2020. Oh yeah. Can you expand on that for me a bit more? Like, what is it? What was it? Yeah. So Drag Macabre is a competition run by Luna Lestrange. And um, as the name suggests, it's a very macabre style of drag. It's very much like horror, um, spooky kind of vibes. And um, in 2020, they had the sort of pilot season, um, which I won. 
and it was um it was with my alien number so basically they got a few different people to create a digital drag performance based on a horror movie and that's where i came up with my alien look and performance and i'm like i'm so glad it like it pushed me to to create something like that like i absolutely loved making that and yeah it's such a really good competition because it's like it just again like as i was saying with competitions you just get to see so many different styles of drag interpreting the challenge and horror um and actually it's it's my wheelhouse i love macabre and love horror stuff not that you see that all the time on stage like fuck or the teletubby yesterday how macabre <laughs> is that uh, but next week is halloween so you know i'm gonna try and do something on the spooky side there um, yeah, so um, so Drag Macabre, yeah, definitely a spooky horror competition. I think there's going to be another season next year. This year's competition was so good. Like, it spanned a few weeks, and I had so many people I love on the show um, doing all sorts of crazy macabre things. Not crazy macabre things, but let's, let's rewind a second. All sorts of different incredible performances and interpreting the challenge of inner demons in their own unique way. And everyone was amazing. Like they all made me feel different things. Some of them, you know, were went, you know, went the traditional scary route. Some of them went the sort of like the more internal does that make sense? The internal spooky route. Um, but it was just amazing to just see so many different people interpret a challenge in such an amazing way. And I got to help crown the winner, um, who was a good friend of mine, Dandy Issues. Um, and yeah, they, they, like, he was amazing. And, uh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, it's just such a good show. Good, such a good season. When it came to your, um, your contest, how did it work? Was it over a few weeks? Was it, cause it was, it was all online, wasn't it? Yeah, it was all online. And for the pilot, um, like, I mean, I lucky I was in the pilot because it was just one day. <laughs> it was like just one number. Um, so, um, that was fine. Although actually season uh, the next season was just also one number, but it was like it was split over a few weeks because so they had a lot more comp- uh, competitors. Uh, whereas on my season, I think there was about eight of us. And we all were just given one theme and were like, produce something to this theme and let's go with that. Um, and yeah, and um, I came out on top, which was really exciting. I wasn't expecting to win anything there. I was just kind of like, yeah, let's make this alien video. And to this very day, I think it's probably one of my proudest digital drag performances because... Like, I really went in on the editing. Like, it feels like I made a little motion picture there. Um, but yeah. So is that, that was... still out there for people to Oh, yeah. View? That video is still on my Instagram. Um, I'm looking to move everything to YouTube as well, depending on what happens with copyright, because, you know, YouTube is a little bit more harder on that. But no, um, I am definitely looking forward to taking it to... Oh, oh sorry. It's all on my Instagram. Uh, and you can find it there on my IGTV. I've got like all my digital drag, well, most of my digital drag numbers there. Um, so there's that one. And then another one, seeing as we just spoke about Pokemon, there's another Pokemon themed one there as well. So take a look at that while you're at it. So is Halloween season coming up? Have you always been a, a fan of Halloween? Um, I've always been a fan of Halloween. Like as a kid, I always loved horror movies. Um, Halloween was always a good time to dress up, but I never really went all out um when I was younger, I kind of was... I mean, I did, but it was very lazy. Like, I, I know that if I go all out now, like, it's a different story. It's a very different story. I mean, heck, I'm a drag queen now, so, like, I can actually do some makeup and do all that beforehand. I'd just be like, oh, let's put some fake blood on. Let's wear a stupid mask. But now I'm, like, um, I can actually go all out and create the looks that I've wanted to create when I was younger. 
Um, so yes, I'm very excited about Halloween weekend. Like I've got gigs Friday, Saturday and Sunday and all Halloween themed. So it's going to be super exciting. And where are these gigs? Um, one's in Stoke-on-Trent. Um, the other is at the Scala. Um, and then the other one is at the Glory. Sorry, why did I forget that? It's at the Glory. It's a competition. I'm, it's, it's a competition I'm in. I, that's the one I really, really need to to make sure I turn up to. I mean, not that I'm not going to turn up to all of them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a Monday morning after a busy weekend. <laughs> Will you do different acts for each gig? Yeah, so it's all going to be different acts for, for most of them. Like the Friday one, I'm doing a couple... A couple up, um, couple acts again. It's uh, traveling up to Stoke on Trent for it, so going to do a couple different ones. Um, Friday is more of a chilled one, and then Sunday is um, is is going to be an act which I'm very, very, very excited to perform at the Glory. It's going to be a little bit messy, but you know, we'll make it work. Hey, it's Halloween. That's what it's there for. Get messy. Exactly. Let's pretend for a scary moment that you're in a parallel universe where you're not a drag queen and you're not performing. What would be the perfect way to spend Halloween night? Oh, um, mm. I'd probably say the perfect way would be going to a party. Um, or like, a, you know, a party where you've got like horror movies playing in the background and just people all in costume. Um, my costume probably wouldn't have been that great if I'm not a drag queen in this parallel universe. Um, but some sort of ridiculous costume. I'd probably at this point do like some sort of zombie Marvel character with a store-bought costume that I cut up and spray some fake blood on. Um, and yeah, just having horror movies in the background, partying, maybe at a house party or like in a club to, to that extent, something like that. Have you watched Marvel's What If series yet? I have seen, I have seen it. Um, I absolutely loved Marvel What If. Um, yeah, it was so good. And the zombie episode, whew, it was just not what I was expecting at all. I was just so, so, so good. Um, I, I loved every twist and turn in that. And the final episode as well with the, what was it? The Guardians of the Multiverse. Such a cool, like such a cool concept. Like I want more What If, like I need it. I walked into What If thinking I wouldn't be, wouldn't enjoy it, but uh, I did. And the zombie episode, really, really, actually really scary. Oh my God. See, yeah, that's what I was, ex- I was surprised about. Like how they weren't afraid to go dark with it. And that's, I mean, to be fair, like, let's say Avengers, um, not Endgame, the one before, the Infinity, was it called Infinity Gauntlet? Infinity Wars, that's it. Um, the Infinity War, that was dark, and I was so surprised when Marvel went dark, and I'm so glad that they did, because it just it just adds an extra layer of spice to it, um, whereas, you know, it could have just been all happy-go-lucky all the way through, but, like, adding some spookiness, adding some darkness to it has been great. But also, I love the Thor episode where he's just partying around the world that was just brilliant and um because yeah thor is a fantastic character i love what they've done with him recently in terms of making him less like less all-powerful like superman and being like vulnerable vulnerable and um being a bit of a goofball i love it so i am a total wimp and i'm not really a fan of scary stuff and uh, i love halloween and the idea of witchcraft and magic and spooky things but when it actually comes to like scary stuff i am a total wimp so so what's the scariest movie you've seen um well it's hard to say because i'm such a wimp i think anything's scary um but my friend emma once tricked me into watching saw 2 which i did not enjoy and emma i think you're listening to this um damn you yeah i didn't quite enjoy people being 
stuck into places, burnt alive and thrown into a pit of needles. And yeah, not not a fan. So, so I'm not gonna lie. I I I also am a little. I, I love horror movies, but I'm also a bit of a worm. Sometimes I'll be in the cinema. I know a scary thing is coming up. I'm like, hand by my ears so I can plug them or like cover my. As a kid, I used to watch like even when I watched Spider Man, I'd have like my, I had this position. Thumbs in my ear and hands, like, ready to cover my eyes just in case I could, <laughs> just in case there's something scary that popped up. Um, it's not that way anymore. At least I'm going to, like, I'm going to say that on the microphone right now. But, you know, you never know if that's actually true or not. Um, <clears throat> but, no, I do, I do get you. Like, sometimes jump scares can be a thing. But, um, but speaking of Saw, like, Saw 2 was probably, like, more gory and ridiculous than the rest, but Saw 1 is a fantastic horror movie. It's so well written. Um, the best, like, I mean, out of the entire franchise, it's probably the best written one. Um, I love the Saw franchise. Um, one of my favourite horror, modern horror franchises. Um, but Saw 1 is just a masterpiece of cinema. I highly recommend it. So other than Saw, what would you say are your absolute must-horror, scary monster films to watch? Um, ooh. Oh, God, that's that's a lot. I mean, um, you know, Halloween. So the original, original one's really good. I also say the remake is really, really good. I loved what they did with the remake, actually. Um, because, like, all the sequels to Halloween were kind of rubbish. And so to go back and see this new one, which has kind of transformed it into something that's actually, like, almost a direct sequel to the first film... And, like, ignore all the other sequels was really cool. I really enjoyed that. <clears throat> in terms of other horror movies, I'd probably say... Um, it depends on the kind of vibe you're going for. Because, like, the Friday 13th series are great. Oh, fuck me. How am I forgetting about Hereditary? Hereditary is incredible. Like, it's recent. Really recent. Like, maybe three, four years ago. So, so good. Um, the Exorcist. How could I forget The Exorcist? Um, I remember being so scared of that as a kid. Like, I wouldn't look at a Ouija board. Um, so yeah, The Exorcist is definitely another one on that list. Um, God, it's really hard on the spot now. Um, I have a whole list of horror... Oh, His House. His House is brilliant. Um, I have a whole list of horror movies. Like, I ha I literally collect... It's going to come to us. I'll send it to you later. Jesus Christ, my throat. Yeah, there's so many horror movies that I, like, absolutely love. But um, at the moment, I'm kind of very into this whole franchise. I'm not going to lie. I'm the sort of person who will sit there on YouTube and watch videos about my favorite films. And um, horror movies especially because, like, all the nice little hidden details. Um, and horror video games as well. Like, the Resident Evil series is just incredible. But alongside that, the Silent Hill series. Silent Hill 2 is probably one of the, like, is probably one of the most... Um, masterfully created horror experiences because it's not just a game it's a full experience like it's storytelling done with like elements of horror and you're playing the character and every decision that you make in that game even back on the PS2 every decision that you make affects the game in a different way um, and affects the character like it's just so incredible like I wish I want everyone to play it but also if you can't play it just go on YouTube and watch someone talk about Silent Hill 2 and how incredible the game is because it's just such a it's just a masterpiece yeah I haven't played many horror games because as we've quite clearly established I am a wimp and scared of everything but I have played the Slenderman game and that was 
Yeah, that's a, that's a scary one. Um, we are coming near. We are near to the end of the podcast now. But I want to ask if you could go back in time and talk to yourself at the start of your drag journey career, what advice would you give yourself? I'd probably just tell myself to relax and enjoy the process. Not that I didn't um, enjoy the process, but just to relax more and stop comparing myself to other people. Because it took me a while to stop doing that. Like because as an artist, you're always you're always going to be like it's it's really easy to compare yourself to others but it's not really necessarily great to do so i mean i guess that's quite hard though because when you're doing competitions you're you're bound to compare yourself to other people while you're competing it's really hard not to it's really hard not to but at the same time you're comparing yourself it like it i don't know how to to, to put this in words Um, if you by comparing yourself, you're forgetting about who you are and potentially like missing out on really expressing yourself to your best ability. It's kind of like I like to put my blinders on at the moment and just be like, right, what am I doing and what do I want to do and what do I want to show the world or what do I want to what stories do I want to tell with my drag? And yeah, I'm seeing other people do their thing and I love it and respect it, but I'm trying not to let that influence what I do. Um, so I have my I still keep my unique perspective on everything. Um, and I think at the start of my journey, I was like, oh, looking at these people and being like, oh, my God, I need to be like this person. I need to be able to do my makeup like this person. I need to be able to, to, to do this like this person, be able to dance like this person. But, like, ultimately, I realized um, I don't. I just need to be the best version of me that I can be. And, yeah, I can look at people for inspiration, but I can't compare myself to other people because that can become a slippery slope. Because everyone's journey is unique. Everyone comes to the table with their own unique set of skills unique perspectives so um you know and my perspective and skills are just as you know they're not just as good as everyone else's but you know they are just as valid as anyone else's so let me use mine to be able to tell my story and do what i want to do with drag i'm sure past you would look at current you and just be completely amazed Oh, past past me would be like what the fuck? Past I, like I still can't believe. Like, I look well, I look back at pictures of me a year ago and I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? So the other me a year ago would probably be looking at me being like, damn, how'd you get this good? Um, um, so yeah, so it's <laughs> it's it's funny. It's weird. It's such a it's such a beautiful thing to see like see progress throughout this entire journey of mine. Um, to see my first time on stage, to see like myself on stage now, and see the differences in my confidence and everything it's 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 awesome so i think my past me would be proud of where i'm at today and um i'd just be trying to mentor him this is this feels like the end of you know that show on tv where they're like what would you say to your past you um uh, um but no not that far back but yeah no it's just it's just amazing how um how like time and putting time into something you see progress and um i think just be like i tell myself like besides all the things i've just said which probably was just me rambling but just be patient and enjoy the journey that's um that's probably like the takeaway message and to flip the question looking to the future where do you see your journey going what do you want to do do you want to put on your own show do you want to do more acts where what where are you going what are you doing where's the future for you the future the future the future so um to be honest i i I just want to keep doing what i'm doing on different stages because like and just creating new stories like just creating new different types of acts new looks new all sorts of things and just developing my skill but eventually I do want to put on my own show I want to get I want to you know I want to host my own show once I get comfortable on the mic just because I want to be able to um, you know to 
to have a show that I'd want to be able to, like, that I want to see. And not that they don't already exist, but, like, to be able to curate a show and just be like, I want to see this performer doing this and this and that. Um, in fact, um, I was looking to curate my own online show, but then the world opened up again and online shows are kind of dwindling. So, um, so yeah, eventually I'll take one to the stage. And, um, yeah, that that's basically one of my next little aims, to have a little stage show probably next year if I can although actually that being said I am helping out with another show that is on the 11th of November called Crabberet I can't remember where it is but um it's a crab like every number on there is going to be crab themed (laughs) and it's going to be amazing like the animal crabs we're going to have crabs everywhere Um, and yeah, so that's on the 11th of November, I think, at New Cross House, New Cross House, um, and I'll share a poster on my Instagram, um, I think the event is now on Out Savvy, so get your tickets, um, and prepare to be entertained with a whole bunch of crabs, because <laughs> why not crabs? <laughs> because everyone loves crabs, I mean, why not crabs? I would love to see you rocking out on stage with guitar, real, just punk rock heavy metal band style with someone like oh i know um baby lane who i adore or love i think you two would be amazing together that would be a dream that'd be a fucking dream to do like a whole rock set with baby lame and yeah that would be whew, that'd be amazing we have come to the end of the podcast where can people find you online to stalk you and find all your shows and see all your amazing looks so thank you so much for having me uh people can find me on instagram at miss uh, dot terry spelt with an i box with two x's um not all of those words but just miss terry box um <clears throat> so that's where you can find me online um i'm on twitter with the same handle but i rarely tweet i think i've got two tweets since i ever joined um but yeah that's that's basically it and you can find me on stages around london and other parts of the uk my link tree is in my bio on my instagram profile so if you do want to come see me perform um come along but uh, yeah, that's that's where that's where you can find me. Thank you very much, Terry, for joining us. You've been an absolute delight and treat. I can't wait to see you again on stage in the future. And um, but for now, we'll uh, we'll call it goodbye. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Amazing. Thank you very much. Um, have a great day. <laughs>